This is the Root Student Ministry Podcast, where our mission is for middle school and high school students to establish strong roots in their relationship with Jesus by connecting in the body of believers, growing in their knowledge and faith, and going to serve the community and the world. If you would like more information about us, check out our website at icrossroads.org roots, or you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at CSM Roots. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this message. Hey guys, welcome to week two of our Upside Down Kingdom series. So let's start with a few questions. And I'm going to put two people on the screen and I want you to vote on who you would pick. All right, all right, here's the first one. Who would you rather be your substitute teacher? This one or this one? Okay, what about this next one? Who would you pick to be your new basketball coach? Or this. Who would make the best life group leader? (laughs) Okay, now, who would you pick to chaperone you and your friends on a spring break? Okay, or who would make the best boss at your after-school job? All right, what about these? So have you ever noticed that TV and movies give us the best and the worst examples of powerful people? There's rarely ever someone in the middle. A just okay person doesn't make good TV. No, the most interesting people to watch are powerful people who are either awesome or awful. Superheroes or super villains. So last week, we began talking about the idea of being powerful and specifically how we all have powerful people in our lives. People in positions of leadership or authority. And sometimes, just like in the movies, those leaders are awesome, inspiring, and helpful, and encouraging, all the good stuff. And even if you're not always happy with the stuff that they ask you to do or the rules that you have to follow, you trust them. You like them. You respect them. But at the same time, we all know what it feels like to have a real-life example of a powerful person in authority who seems like they, well, shouldn't be a powerful person. So last week, we also talked about how Jesus is the best example of how to use power and that he introduced an idea of an upside down kingdom with the way that he handled power and authority. But that leaves us with a question. What about when powerful people don't exactly lead like Jesus would? What do you do when a leader is lazy or disrespectful or wrong or doesn't deserve the power that they have? What about the teacher who seems to care less about the actual students and only cares about test scores and grades? What about the boss who makes decisions that you definitely don't agree with and and treats some of their employees really unfairly? What about the adult in your life who talks about being a Christian but also talks bad about everyone else on the street? What then? Are we required to be good followers of bad leaders? Does God actually want me to blindly follow someone who isn't kind or selfless or respectable just because they're powerful? Or is it okay to ignore them? Is it really a big deal if I I make fun of them? If the person is a bad leader, do I have to be a good follower? These are really good questions, and I bet all of us have asked them at some point or another, and dealing with people in authority who don't live up to the responsibility never goes away, even as an adult. 
and never goes away because the truth is we'll always have people in our lives who have more power or authority than we do. And although this is complicated, the good news is that God has given us a starting point for how to respond in a powerful way to a powerful person, no matter how they're using their power. In ancient Israel, there was a powerful king named David, but long before he was king, David had a lot of experience with some powerful people. As a kid, David's dad basically ignored him and overlooked him when deciding which of his sons he'd pick for a major opportunity. And as a teenager, David faced off with a legit giant named Goliath who had been bullying the Israelite people. And not many years after that, David had to decide how to respond to the most powerful person at the time, the king. The king. <laughs> so let me give you a little background. God chose David to be the next king of Israel, but there was a slight problem. Israel already had a king. His name was Saul. And Saul wasn't really, he wasn't ready to leave. So King Saul decided he needed to act. He decided to kill David. And what do you think, and what do you do when an evil king is coming for you? Well, David ran, of course. For years, David literally ran for his life. And that's where we pick up with the story. And this is in 1 Samuel 24. After Saul returned from, the, from fighting the Philistines, he was told that David had gone into the wilderness of En Gedi. So Saul chose 3,000 elite troops from all Israel and went to search for David and his men near the rocks of the wild goats. At the place where the road passes some sheepfolds, Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. But as it happened, David and his men were hiding further back in that very cave. So in case you're wondering if you heard that right, you, you did. King Saul takes 3,000 troops to go hunt down David. And all because Saul was the type of leader who got jealous over the success of those around him. That's the worst. So then on the way, Saul walked into a cave to take a bathroom break. But it's the same cave where David and his guys are already hiding from Saul. Now they're tucked into the back of the cave and Saul is all alone. And this is what happens in verse three and four. Now is your opportunity, David's men, David's men whispered to him. Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with as you wish. So here was David's chance. Years of being hunted down finally came down to this moment. Saul had been an awful authority in David's life, and now David had the chance to do something about it, okay? One slash of the sword, and David's problem would be completely over. Even his own men were begging him to do it, but look at what he decided to do instead, all right? And this is verse four. It says, so David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. Um, that's a weird flex, all of David's backup had to be confused. Like, he just took a hem of his robe? This was supposed to be the, the day when David finally got revenge, where he could stop hiding and become the king. But that's not what happened at all. In fact, Saul left the cave without ever knowing that David was there. And while David could have stayed hidden, instead he ran out after Saul and got his attention. He showed him the piece of cloth in his hand. And at that moment, Saul knew that David had spared his life. And what David said next explained it all. And this is verse 12 right here. It says, may the Lord judge between us. 
Perhaps the Lord will punish you for what you are trying to do to me, but I will never harm you. As the old proverb says, from evil people come evil deeds. So you can be sure I will never harm you. Who is the king of Israel trying to catch anyway? Should he spend his time chasing one who is as worthless as a dead dog or a single flea? May the Lord therefore judge which of us is right and punish the guilty one. He is my advocate and he will rescue me from your power. So David could have taken down Saul right then and there. And if we're being honest, we probably had a good reason. He probably had a good reason to do it. But what David realized is that even though Saul was powerful in the authority that he had over David, there was a power that David had that Saul didn't. It was the power David had to decide the role that he would play in his own story. And here's what I mean. David quotes a saying that he heard growing up. From evil people come evil deeds. Meaning, evil is as evil does. If I do this thing, if I take Saul's life, I'm no better than Saul. I'm not going to be one of those evil people. King Saul, you may be like that, but not me. Saul may have been a killer, but in that moment, David would not be. Saul may have been disrespectful, but David would not stoop to his level. Saul may have been wrong and deserving of dishonor, but David knew that in honoring Saul, even when he didn't deserve it, he was exercising his own power and ultimate, ultimately honoring God above it all. So talk about an upside down way to use power. David could have used his position to, to his advantage, but in God's upside down kingdom, David knew the best way to use his power and how to use it for good. In fact, one way to say it is this. In the upside down kingdom, honor is greater than power. And we have the same opportunity. We can choose to be honorable no matter what is going on around us. Their actions, no matter whose they are, don't have to determine our response. Does that mean that we always obey, always comply, always give in? No. David ran for his life. If he had done nothing, he would have died. He, he did decide, however, that no amount of Saul's evil could force him to do evil as well. It wasn't worth it. He wouldn't become like the person that he was running from. And hopefully you'll never find yourself in that situation, but you may find yourself in other situations where the person with the power isn't acting as they should. There may be times when ideally the right thing to do would be to respectfully, humbly, and compassionately say no to a powerful person in your life because they will lead you against what is right or wise and, and listen. Let's be brutally honest. For a moment, in, in the world today, there is so much injustice. We're not talking about honoring injustice. We're talking about you choosing to be an honorable person. And what does it look like to be honorable in a racist, abusive, or unfair systems that are used to oppress people? It looks like disrupting those systems. Sometimes being honorable looks like calling out what is wrong. And maybe this looks like talking to your principal if your teacher is discriminating against your classmates. Or maybe you need to respectfully disagree when an adult says something rude about other people. 
If, if any leader is hurting you or asking you to hurt yourself or others, this is an authority that you shouldn't listen to. And we know this, but figuring out how to not listen to a bad authority, it's, it's challenging. Don't ever hesitate to seek out another trusted adult to help you think through how you will respond when you face those moments. Because it is possible that unless your life or your safety is on the line, there will be times when you have to be honorable to an authority, but not obey. But that isn't every time. Those are the exceptions. Most of the time, teachers, coaches, and your parents, they won't ask you to do something illegal or immoral, but there will be times when their actions are not great, when you are frustrated with them, when you feel like they could be better when they disappoint you, in those moments, the most important thing that you can decide is who you want to be in response. Not whether they deserve the power that they have or, or how they deserve to be treated. In other words, you can choose to be honorable no matter who is powerful. The truth is, we all know this is easier said than done. So to wrap up our time today, I want you to look at ways that you can be honorable no matter who is powerful. So the first thing that I want you to think about is think about what you say and how you say it. Whether you're talking to a teacher or a parent or a coach or someone else in authority, you can choose to speak in a way that communicates respect. If you must argue with your stepmom, you can argue in a way that is calm and uses words to find solutions, not find ways to make the other person look stupid. Put simply, your words are your choice, and you can choose to honor someone with your words even if you don't agree with them. Just as important is how you say the words that you choose to use. Your tone, your tone matters. Number two, remember that they're human too. It's easy to see powerful people as not real people, but they are humans too. Coaches are going to mess up. Teachers will make mistakes and bosses are going to get it wrong. And in those moments, you can respond honorably by treating them the way that you would want to be treated in the same situation. And number three, speak up. Like we mentioned before, sometimes the best way to be honorable is to speak up when it's not safe or, or when you're being hurt or or when what's being asked of you isn't right or healthy. Knowing when to speak up or finding the right words can be tricky. That's why we want each of you to have a life group leader and other adults in your life who care about you and want what's best for you and, and can guide you through tough situations like this. If you ever find yourself in a situation where you need to speak up to a powerful person or, or you, maybe you just think that you do, I want you to make a plan for what that conversation looks like. Talk with your family or your life group leader about what that plan is. Those are the kinds of decisions that you should never have to figure out alone. And the thing to remember in all of this is God is inviting us to, to participate in an upside down kingdom and a totally different way of seeing power. Because in the upside down kingdom, honor is greater than power. That means you can be honorable no matter who is powerful. And that can be difficult, but it is what Jesus modeled and invites us to be part of. And I promise, it's the best way to see and treat power when it comes to making decisions now that will help you grow into the best possible version of yourself. You can start living in the upside down kingdom today. 
And listen, I know this whole conversation about powerful people is tricky because so many of us have so many different experiences with people in power and almost every one of them is unique. For instance, even though David was honorable in the story I shared today, he didn't always get it right in every situation. The truth is you will always have powerful people in your life. Some will be great, some won't. But you can decide for yourself how you will respond. No matter who is in charge, you can choose to be honorable and that's powerful. Not only that, but imagine what might happen if the world saw a generation of teenagers respond in ways that honored everyone. Helping them in unexpected ways, praying for them, modeling a healthy way to use power. And I think you could be an example and change the way that the world sees power and authority. And I think it could start right here and right now. So let me pray. God, I just pray that when we have people in our lives that are just hard to follow, maybe we just, they don't deserve any honor. Uh, God, I just pray that we can be honorable towards them, that we can respect them even when we feel like they don't deserve to be respected. Uh, let us be the ones with the authority of Jesus in our lives and that we treat everyone with honor no matter what. And so uh, be with us, God. Give us direction on how to do that every single week and every single day of the week. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.